ego is not your amigo. Just because you're great at something, but if you're not consistent at it and it's robbing you of energy, you're so much better off providing it to somebody else. Give them the tools, give them the resources, give them the coaching. Sometimes you gotta have vulnerability and say, guys, I'm struggling. I'm not getting this done. I need to get this off my plate. I need to find somebody who wants to do this and who's good at doing this because by me being inconsistent, it's hurting our business and it's hurting everybody here. You can't do that if you have a freaking ego. Somebody else on your team, your boxes are flipped upside down. What is in your I don't like and what I hate is somebody else's love and I like to do. Examples that those admin tasks, like I would have put those at my, I'm good at it, but I don't like to do it. And so like the people who do that now, my team, it's in their love. Basically put them in the right seat on the bus because then you're setting them up for success when they're doing tasks that they love. Guess what? The number one way to make a coach quit, give them admin tasks and that's in their hate. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Empire podcast. We are excited to help you guys today to get your time back. That is essentially what we're really pushing out in our messaging on today's episode, because we know so many people struggle with time. We hear things, me and Matt both. I don't got enough time to do this. I'm so busy. And so how do you get out of that trap? Because you can quickly feel like a hamster on a hamster wheel, just waking up and doing the same thing and the business isn't growing. And the only way for things to change is you got to change your approach. You got to have a new system, a new way of doing things. They say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And so I think it's sometimes it's hard to understand. I hear you've got to be consistent and you got to keep doing the boring things over and over. But then I also hear that if you keep doing the same thing over and over, it's the definition of insanity. So it's like conflicting advice. So we're going to show you how to read with good filters, which way you got to go, depending on the situation, because it is very nuanced. There is going to be situational awareness you need to have. And so that is our topic for today. So guys, definitely be prepared to take some heavy notes because this is all about how you get your time back. So Matt, I'm going to let you get us started because I know you got some great tips around delegation and the art of delegation. So kick it off, my friend. This is one of the most important topics that I think we can talk about, especially if you want to transition to becoming the CEO of your business and having a real business that you enjoy going to and want to have longevity inside of this industry. And I think a majority of fitness business owners that I know who started, we kind of did it all. And then had to learn how to get rid of things and what do we actually get rid of and going through the emotional roller coaster of trying to get rid of things and feeling guilty about getting rid of things and really feeling guilty about having a business that provides us freedom. A lot of us start a business with the idea that we want freedom. And then we end up just getting an 80 hour a week job that doesn't pay us well. And we have all these fires and all these frustrations and the things that, that we hate. And we're like, I didn't sign up for this. But I want you to think, just imagine this for a minute. What if the majority of your time was spent in your business, you could be spending on things that you're great at doing, you enjoy doing, that give you energy, 
and provide you, and you are doing things that provide incredible value to your organization. What if that was your life? What if that was your business? And it's 100% possible. It may sound like a pipe dream, but it is possible with intentionality. And Dan Sullivan calls this your unique ability. And the goal of being able to delegate and elevate is to eventually get to that world where, again, you're doing things that you're great at doing. You actually enjoy doing them. They give you energy. And these are all the things that provide incredible value to your organization. That's where you want to be. That's when you become the CEO. That's when you actually enjoy coming to work every single day. But unfortunately, for most gym owners, it's the exact opposite. We work with a lot of gym owners. And unfortunately, it's the opposite. They're spending a lot of their time doing things that they're not great at doing, that they don't enjoy doing that rob them of energy and they're doing things that honestly just don't move the needle for the business that you could be paying somebody 10 to $20 an hour to be doing those activities. So instead of you doing $50 an hour activities, $100 an hour activities, think about a sales appointment, a sales appointment in our business, the lowest that it is for us is about $4,000 a year, right? So we're not doing $4,000 a year activities. We end up doing $10 an hour activities instead. And that is robbing your business from having the success that you want it to have. There are a few things that you need to be focusing on as you're in your business as a leader. Dustin, I know you started in the trenches doing everything. Most likely we can get there in a second, but I know I did when I started my days look, get up at four o'clock in the morning, come in, train morning sessions, do mid-morning sessions. Then I had consultations and then I had emails and then I had phone calls and then I had come back in the afternoon and do training sessions and then do consultations at night and then clean and get the workout ready for the next day and then come and do it all over again. That was my life when I started. So that's what I looked like when I started. What did it look like when you started, Dustin? Same thing, man, doing what we call doubles, morning and evening block, Monday through Friday, plus Saturdays. <laughs> I did that for six to, I think, almost nine months before I finally hired a coach to take one of those blocks off my lap. And then, yeah, all those administrative stuff. Luckily, I had my wife that was helping with it, but she was also going to school full time and she was a waitress. So she got off work at midnight. So again, just those hustle days. But we got it done and it was not ideal. We both knew that this was going to be something we're going to put our head down and do for a short period of time. But we definitely needed to figure out what's the long term plan because we obviously wanted personal time and we we're planning to have kids one day. You can't do that forever. So it's OK to put that extra energy to get the rocket ship into space. But then it's like, all right, we got to find how we're going to get to the long term goal. A lot of people see where we're at today. So Dustin obviously runs multiple seven figure businesses. And honestly, not by his team, right? So he's had to delegate a ton of thing stuff away. And then we have multiple locations that I'm not active in the day-to-day operations. And a lot of people are like, oh, you don't understand our pain points. You don't understand where we're coming from. You don't know what it's like. We know exactly what it's like. We went from doing every single thing inside of the business to being where we're at today so we know something about delegation and how do you go from there to where we're at today, which a lot of people aspire to be. Now, I want to go back to the root again. Most business owners spend most of their time 
doing things they don't enjoy, doing things that they're not good at, doing things that rob them of energy and doing things that don't move the needle for the business, which then means your business is not going to make progress. And then we wonder why we feel burned out. We wonder why we're not excited about what we do anymore. And it feels really bad because we have the most important jobs in the entire world. We should be fired up every single day to go and change and inspire people's lives. But then we're like, ah, tired, I'm burnt out. Should I even be, should I even be here anymore? Yes. And I know that's how I felt during COVID. And it took me a while. So even though I'm sitting here saying, hey, this is where you want to be. This is what you want to do. It's very easy if you're not intentional to do the exact opposite and go back to doing the activities that you don't enjoy doing that rob you of energy that literally suck the life out of you during COVID. There was just days where the goal was just get to bed. And I found it was because I was doing those types of activities that I shouldn't be doing. I went back, I reversed. I went from living in my unique ability to going back into doing things that I just absolutely did not like doing, did not enjoy doing. And if I'm being honest, doing with people that I didn't enjoy being around, but that is a different topic for a different day because we don't want to make this a three-hour podcast today. But here's the good news. Just like you can revive a dying fire with some oxygen, some more oxygen, put, put some more logs in the fire, add some oxygen, you can get that fire roaring again. You can get your passion roaring again for your business. No matter how down and out you are right now, you can get that fire back and we're going to teach you how to get that fire back. And that really comes from the ability to delegate and elevate and do the things that are in your unique ability. And there is a process to being able to do that. My first mentor where I first learned about, Hey, you should only be doing certain activities in your business. And he used to call it the 5%, but he said, you need to motivate, delegate and sell. And I took that to heart. Now, I didn't really understand at the time 10 years ago, how do you motivate people? How do you delegate? And how do you actually sell? I understood the sell part. That came natural to me and I knew that needed to happen. But what I needed was more time to sell, right? But I didn't really understand how to motivate people. I thought, hey, I'm just going to come in. I'm going to be inspired. I'm going to be on fire and hopefully everybody else is, right? That goes a long way, but... You also need to learn how to become a good leader and then being able to delegate. And the only thing I would add to those three would be the ability to grow and develop your team and develop and grow future leaders if you really want to scale, right? So I was able to go to 10 locations in seven years because we developed leaders inside of our organization. If you don't develop leaders, then there is going to be a limit on how much you can scale, how many locations can you have that are successful and they're not sucking the complete life out of you. So even when we talk about sell, selling is having the time to sell the vision to the team, being able to recruit and get high level team members on your team. It's more than just selling memberships. You also need to have time to be marketing and getting people through your doors. It could be creating strategic relationships. So there's a lot that comes down to the sell selling side of things, but you can't do those things if you don't have time. And those are things that are massively important to be able to scale your organization and really help it reach its potential. So those are the limits on your business. And I want to just teach you how I 
started delegating and giving things away. And Dustin can share his stories of how he started giving things away because I'm sure it's a little bit different. But where it started happening was, again, I was doing everything. We were growing rapidly. I was completely overwhelmed with all the stuff that needed to happen. And naturally, there's going to be things that you gravitate towards and things that you procrastinate, you hate doing. You just dread the thought of even doing those, even if they make you money. So the first thing I did was I actually had a client. I was at dinner with a bunch of clients. And one of our clients who was awesome, she's like, hey, I think you need some help. And I was like, you think so? <laughs> and I did need some help. I just didn't really know where I needed help at that time. She's I would love to help you. I'm like, I can't really afford to pay you a whole lot. And she's that's okay. And I paid her $12 an hour when she first started with us. She just had the heart of wanting to help me because I changed her life. I had a big impact on her life and she wanted to help me. And the first thing that I gave away was people would come in for a free week. So people call their email them. I'd give them on the phone. So just come in for a free week, try it. If you love it, you'll want to stay on. If you don't love it, you won't want to stay on. It was very easy to get people in. And then they would fill out the park queue. And my process was I'd follow up with them and schedule a sales consultation. As you can imagine, as you get super busy, as you have a lot of people coming in, it's very easy to drop the ball on that. But I found myself not wanting to call a soul. I, I was like, oh my God, I just don't want to do this. So the first thing I gave away, this lady's name was Jamie. And she'd come in at the 7.30 a.m. workout. She would grab the park queues. And she would call the park queues and she'd book all the people for consultations with me. So I would close those people. And that was how we got started. That's all she did. But that was a massive constraint on my business. That was holding my business back because I was not timely with following up with the people that were coming through and getting them scheduled for what yeah. we would call now a starting point session. And that's how we would close the people. So we were losing money because I was not staying on top of that. Then the next thing that we did was I would sell them and then I would have to process their membership. And you would think it would be like the coolest thing ever, processing membership. You're going to see the money going up. But I would dread it. I would delay it. I didn't want to do it. Yes. And it was affecting my business again. So the next thing I had her do was now you're going to process membership. So you're going to schedule the people to come in. And then when I sell them, you're going to process their membership. And then as we went, I got rid of email. I got rid of the phone. I got rid of anything that basically was not in my unique ability that didn't grow the location. So my focus then turned on to marketing, selling, and making sure that our product was good. The things that I was passionate about that was in my unique ability that I needed to focus on. And I just started delegating things away over and over and over and over again. At first, it was scary as hell. I won't lie. I'm like, I'm not giving up my email. I'm not giving up the phone because we need the sales and no one's going to do as good of a job as I'm going to do. And one of the things that I'm going to tell you later is somebody doing something at 70 to 80% at 90 to 100% consistency is far better than your 30 to 50%. And that, Dustin, you know this so well. That's how your company, Gym Reinforcements, was really born is people are not consistent with lead follow-up. So even if they're the most amazing person on the phone, but they can't get you on the freaking phone, it doesn't matter how good you are. 
You're much better off having somebody that is 70 to 80%, but they're a hundred percent consistent with that activity that isn't pulled in a thousand different directions. And then being able to get that person better and better over time. And eventually they become way better than you, but they're also a thousand times more consistent than you. And you're going to see your business grow rapidly when you start giving those things away to the right people. So that's my story beginning to, to delegate things away. What does your story look like, Dustin? Similar. I think the first thing I remember delegating was the evening block because I just saw walk-in traffic, people picking up phone calls, people responding to texts being way higher at night. And similar to when you brought up that hourly value, I knew I was hurting us by running evening sessions because I was watching people walk in and walk out. We had no front desk person because they see a sessions happening. I'm just watching money come and go. I'm seeing when I would close up at the end of the day, seven, eight o'clock, tons, dozens of unread messages and emails. And so I just see so much money being lost because I'm not available to get back to them. So I just knew in my head, not many people are calling businesses or walking into them in the morning. So I had to weigh my options. What's more valuable morning or evening? I'm a morning person. So I'm going to coach the morning and I'm going to hire a coach as fast as I can to take over evening because I want to sell in the evenings. And that's how I'm going to produce more money for us. So that's how I weighed it out. And I still think, again, that observation holds true to this day. Most gym owners, if you pay attention to your actual sales timestamps, like ask yourself, when do we actually have a conversation where we transacted the money and put in a time of when that happens? It's almost always after 3 p.m. minimum. Not many people are buying things at 8, 9, and 10 a.m. in your gym. You might think you need coverage and you might think it's nice and you probably are going to start the conversation or nurture them. But when does the money actually get transacted? At night, somebody can finally pull out their credit card or fill out the form and get it done. And so essentially, that's why we build gym reinforcements to have our sales reps work evenings because we also know those are undesirable hours. Most people want to be home with their families. But guess what? Those are the people also calling your gym wanting to sell. So you have this conflicting thing. And so you need somebody that's like single, no kid. They could come in. They can do it. They don't mind working nights. Or you need somebody that on the front end, you're telling them you're working nights. Is this a deal breaker? Don't move forward if it is. And that was the first thing. Then the second thing was like you, it was all the back. Now I'm selling. And again, I think you're, and you and I are similar there. Hunters don't tend to like to be butchers because the butcher takes the kill and they take the skin off of it and they chop it up into meat and ribs and all this stuff. And they process the kill and hunters don't tend to like to do the butcher work after, which is put in the credit card, file the agreements, send them their welcome packet. We tend to want to go on to the next kill. And so essentially, that was the next one that I hired is, okay, now you know how I can even be faster if I have a coach for in the evening sessions and I have the butcher to me being the hunter. They're processing everything. And now I can go back to my messaging. I can go back to my phone calls and I can get us another one and I can produce more sales in an hour versus I need to sell and then I need to process, I need to sell and process. Now I'm a slower moving salesperson. And I always point out this, hey, gym owners, our business is very similar to running a steakhouse. Steakhouses, they don't make breakfast, they don't make lunch, they open from five to say 11 p.m. And they can make a ton of money in a small window of time. And that's how I see our gyms is like, we at night have to make a ton of money to cover everything. I mean, we, most of us are closed on Sundays and then we don't work Saturday night. So now you got a five day work week and you have to make it all in the evenings. You got to make a ton of money in those evenings. So that's like the registers are going, money needs to be transacting. 
And so that's the second big hire I made was like my Robin to my Batman. Like I needed to hire my right-hand person to process all those payments. And so that's those, those first two hires that I'd say most gym owners need to start there. And then the third and final one is obviously you can probably connect the dots where this is going. Now you need to hire that morning coach so you can do sales in the morning. And you could also probably do a little bit more brain power work and do planning and start planning your marketing and planning your next thing. Because like I just said, the sales might not be flowing in the morning. And for those coaches, I think the biggest thing is if they're gym owners and their coaches are hard and they have a hard time letting go, plan for yourself to still show up as like a guest coach on a Wednesday or on a Saturday and come in and bring coffee for everybody. Like you can still put on your schedule. We're not trying to say you have to let it go completely. If it brings you joy, if it's one of those energy giving activities. But are you bringing the most money possible to your business when you're doing that? The answer is probably no. You can find someone, like you said, that can do it to the 80% of your 100%. And now you can move on to your bigger, better activities. So that's a little bit about my story there, Matt. Hey, guys, it's Dustin Bogle with The Fitness Empire, and we want to connect with you on social media. So Matt and I are asking you to either friend us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram, and we'll follow you back but you want to search our name, Dustin Bogle or Matt Wilbur, and here's what we want to do for you. We want to help you with your biggest pain point in your business. So send us a DM, tell us what that big pain point or struggle is, and we'll share with you whatever we've done when it comes to that pain point in our own business, all right? So again, go on Facebook, Instagram, search Dustin Bogle, Matt Wilbur, connect, and let us help you grow your business. Yeah, my my second hire was morning sessions. I had to give those up. I'm not a morning person. Obviously, I did it out of necessity, but I would find myself. I would come in, do all the morning sessions, mid-morning sessions, constantly. And then, dude, I'm t- like, I'm tired. When you're doing that, do you want to go do marketing? Do you want to send out a sales email? Do you want to do any of that? Do you want to work on nutrition programs for your clients? Do you want to do any of the stuff to improve your product? And the answer is no. Like, you're not going to be strategic. You're not going to be thinking into the future. You're not going to be working a 12-month marketing calendar. You're not going to be doing any of that stuff. You're not going to be going, how do I get more leads? How can I get more trials through my doors? How can we improve our process? How do I grow and develop my team? All the things that you need to be thinking about as a business owner, you're not thinking about those things. You're really just in survival mode at that point. So being able to figure out what is the bottleneck that is not allowing you to do the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. And for me, it was giving up the morning sessions. So I gave up the morning sessions and it took me a while, dude. Like I did not trust anybody at that point. So I would literally make that person text me when they were at the gym. And then at that point, then I felt comfortable being able to be like, okay, I'm, I feel comfortable with that. So that it's a tough situation. We understand what you're going through, but we'll be able to walk you through how do you go from, okay, that to then being able to delegate mostly everything so that you are focusing on your zone of genius, your unique ability, all the things that we're talking about here. So we're going to give you a step-by-step process, what to do. We're also going to walk you through maybe some of the negatives or the things holding you back from being able to do in a few mistakes that I certainly made massively when I first started delegating away fully, like almost, I'm just going to give everything away. What are some of the problems with that? So the first step, you want to write down what are the things that you actually love doing inside of your business? So literally sit down right now. What do you love doing? And then looking at what you do 
from one to 10, how close are you to a hundred percent? Those are the activities that you're working on. That's a hundred percent of your time. So that is the first step. What do you love to do? Let's start there. The things I love to do. I love creating products and working on new and better ideas. I love marketing, getting people through our doors because that means growth. That means changing lives. That means helping people. I like creating content. I like solving problems. I don't always love going and having to deal with the problems, but I do not mind solving problems. And I certainly love solving everyone else's problems because they got to actually go do the shit. I love learning and growing. I am always spending time. I, I find myself, if I'm not spending time learning and growing, then I start finding myself in a little bit of funk. And I love teaching. Like this is teaching right now. I love doing this. I love sharing. I love helping people. And to me, teaching is a form of learning. And it's actually the best way to learn is by teaching people because it just takes what you need to do to a completely different level. The level that you need to understand that subject is completely different. And what I found during COVID, I wasn't doing any of this stuff. I was actually, if you find, if I did the opposite and made a list of what do you hate doing? What do you not enjoy doing? That is what I was doing. I was managing people. I was managing people's states. I was managing people's problems, all kinds of stuff that I do not enjoy doing. So step one, write down what do you love to do? Step two, write down everything you do, you personally do inside of your business and everything. Track it for one week. And a lot of you will not do this, but I promise you it'll make a massive difference in your life. So just make a running giant list of everything that you do. So that is step two. Step three, now we're going to take out what is called the Elevate and Delegate tool. You can find it on EOS. So if you go to eosworldwide.com and you just type in Delegate and Elevate tool, you'll be able to find a PDF with this. But this is what it looks like. There's four quadrants. Top left is the ultimate quadrant. That is your unique ability. That is where you want to be spending the majority of your time. So that's what you love doing and you're great at doing. This is your genetic encoding. Dan Sullivan calls it your unique ability. Okay. So that's the top left. That's the dream scenario that we're talking about. Top right. You like doing it and you're good at doing it. You don't really necessarily spring out of bed and get super excited every day. I get to go do X, Y, and Z, but you just don't mind doing it. Bottom left. They call this the personal hell. You don't like doing it, but you're good at doing it. And since you're good at doing it, you hang on to it. And that's one of the last things you tend to want to give away. Bottom, you don't like doing it and you're not good at doing it. And it should be obvious you want to eliminate that or delegate that away as soon as humanly possible. So you're going to take that list of everything that you personally do inside of your business. And then you're going to put it in one of those four quadrants. And then step four, you're going to delegate away a minimum of one thing every 90 days. A minimum of one thing every 90 days, you're going to give that away to somebody else. Pretty simple. It sounds simple, but a lot of people won't do this. And again, if you want to have the business of your dreams, you have to be intentional about creating the business of your dreams. So write those things down put them in the box. And then every 90 days, you are going to eliminate something starting in the bottom right-hand quadrant, moving to the left-hand, bottom left-hand quadrant, and then moving to the top right all the way to the left. And if you do that repeatedly over the next two, three, four, five years, you're going to find yourself sitting in that unique ability box, that top left, that dream box that we all want to be. But I would tell you this though, if you're not intentional, 
you will eventually start doing things in the top right and the bottom left. And even in the bottom right, because during COVID, I was, before COVID, I was in the top left. I was there. I was what everybody wants. And then because I wasn't intentional, because I went into fight or flight mode, I started finding myself doing a lot of stuff in the bottom right. And with that, my energy, my passion, my fire, the things that some people would describe me as wasn't there because I was in the wrong quadrants because I became unintentional about delegating and elevating and staying in that spot. Anything you want to add to that real quick before we move on to the next things? Yeah, I was just reading this in in the book. Great. I was rereading it and they brought up how people who are thinking that they're either growth or fixed mindset might think that they're forever in that category. And what happens is growth-minded people often fall prey to falling into fixed mindset and they have to intentionally pull themselves back into it. Even if you're a growth mindset, you still sometimes gossip. You still sometimes think, I can't do this. You still sometimes slip into your old wiring and you have to catch yourself and you got to bring yourself back to the optimum. I can figure this out. I can ask for help. I've done so much. I'm resilient. I know I can do this now. And you got to catch that old wiring that you have. So it's funny that you bring that up that, hey, you went back to the old mat, even though you're very smart and you grew a very successful business. So it just shows that this can happen to anybody. And it's not about beating yourself up. It's just about climbing back on the horse and fixing things. Same things happened to me. And one of the things that I want to add on to that is that, hey, when you're doing these things, when you're picking what you're going to delegate, I like thinking about it in those different filters of what do you like to do? What do you love to do? The way I would even throw on there is energy. What fills you with energy? What gives you a little bit of energy? What doesn't give you that much energy? And what just drains your energy? I really like that energy filter. And then figuring out who on, on your team, your box, somebody else on your team, your boxes are flipped upside down. What is in your I don't like and what I hate is somebody else's love and I like to do. Examples that those admin tasks, like I would have put those at my, I'm good at it, but I don't like to do it. And so like the people who do that now, my team, it's in their love. And so that's what a lot of, you know, those personality tests like DISC, they help you root out who those people are and then help you basically put them in the right seat on the bus because then you're setting them up for success when they're doing tasks that they love guess what? The number one way to make a coach quit, give them admin tasks. And th- that's in their hate, right? Yeah. And so- yeah, Give a high eye some admin tasks. So yeah. Really- so, so then we sometimes don't see these like invisible filters. We just think, wait a minute, they're just a great team member. They're positive. They help out. And I just got these tasks. What's the big deal? But there's this invisible friction you can't see, which is you're giving tasks to a person that it's on their dislike or hate plate. And you're not realizing what's going to happen long term when you drain their energy. And now you're wondering why are their sessions having less energy? Why are they not bringing their same old stuff? Well, it's you caused it by putting that on their plate. So have that self-awareness of what your four boxes are, what your team's four boxes are, and use that to navigate how to delegate because that will set you up for long-term success. Yeah, 100%. But before even... In my opinion, before you even think about your team members, think about yourself first and then move on to that next aspect of wondering who do I delegate? Because what I don't want you to do is get caught up into who am I going to do this to? And now you start going down these freaking rabbit holes and you haven't done the first four things that we asked you to do. So know yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. In order for your organization to be healthy, you first must be healthy. And that means you need to get a grasp on this 
delegate and elevate tool. So here's some reasons why people struggle to, to delegate. I know I've been guilty of this is visionary struggle to delegate because they experience a feeling of being put out the past year, kind of releasing the reins, so to speak. They want to be the hero. They want to come in and save the day. They want to feel needed. They want to feel like, Hey, the business needs me and I'm, I'm awesome. Right. So you got your superhero cape on and you feel like you're going to have to take your superhero cape off. I know sometimes I'm even guilty of this. Sometimes I want people to struggle and say, Hey, Matt, I need you, need your help. That's 100% ego. That is not good. That is not healthy. Ego is not your amigo. And I already talked about your ego, like just because you're great at something, but if you're not consistent at it and you're, it's robbing you of energy. You're so much better off providing it to somebody else. Give them the tools, give them the resources, give them the coaching. One of the greatest compliments I ever got was a guy came in. It wasn't really meant to be a compliment. He's like, hey, I think your coaches are better than you are now. And I was like, that's awesome, right? It was slight. You could tell he wanted to dig at me, but I'm like, oh, that's freaking awesome, right? That's a great thing. If team members are now better than you, how awesome is that? You gave away something that you're not good at or you are good at, but you're not consistent at. It was affecting your business. And now you have somebody in your business that fills that role and they're better than you are. That's amazing. Some of us have a fear of letting go. If I let this go, is my business going to burn down? Is it going to affect sales? Is it going to affect this? Is it going to affect that? A quote I like from Les Brown, he says, too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. So you're not in that top left quadrant of where you should be your unique ability because of your fear of what's going to happen if you delegate those things away. But I promise you those fears never happen. Worst case scenarios never happen. And then to Dustin's point, he just talked about this. We feel guilty giving away the crappy things, the things that we don't like doing. And we feel like we're dumping it on our teammates. But he said it perfectly when he said, hey, you're your, your four quadrants are inverse of other people. There are people that would love to do the things you hate. And I always laugh and I always joke with my team. I'm like, I can't believe anybody would want to do this. But there are plenty of people that want to do this. And the other thing is that we don't realize they do want to help. Sometimes you got to have vulnerability and say, guys, I'm struggling. I'm not getting this done. I need to get this off my plate. I need to find somebody who wants to do this and who's good at doing this because by me being inconsistent, it's hurting our business and it's hurting everybody here. Can you be that vulnerable too of going, I'm actually hurting the business and I need help. Can you do that? You can't do that if you have a freaking ego, but I'm telling you right now that will go over so far with your team. And then they're going to step up and be like, yeah, I want to help. Matt's struggling. I know we need to do this and they want to help, but you got to be willing to be vulnerable. And I want to just share a few more challenges real quick. You might have to have some tough conversations with some people that are preventing you from being able to delegate because we've always done business this way. And now Matt's having us do this or Dustin's having us do that. And you might have a few squeaky, squeaky wheels that you need to address that are trying to keep you down in those bottom two quadrants. And that is going to hold your back. So some of us are afraid of those people or afraid of what people may say. Or in the gym business, we're afraid of clients. When you step away from running as many sessions, you're afraid of those clients that are going to want you to stay in the trenches, but just realize that they're whole, like preventing you from living your dreams when you do that. So we don't have time to communicate. How do you communicate to clients and do all that? That'll probably be a future podcast. But with that, address the concerns, 
like don't allow people to shame you or manipulate you to staying in those bottom two quadrants. That is massively important. And then just a few things about the downside of, or the wrong ways to delegate, because I'm definitely guilty of this, is abdicating your responsibility. Just because you assigned it to somebody else, you're still responsible for the results inside of your business. There's many times that I just abdicated full responsibility of things without even checking in, making sure things are being done right. And one of those was hiring. We hired an HR person and then for two years, I completely abdicated responsibility and then one day I look backwards and I don't even notice, realize the culture of my business because that person was not hiring culture fits. There was so many systemic people problems inside of my business because I abdicated the hiring process away where before we were relentless about protecting our culture. And we had so many filters and so many checks and balances to make sure that we were getting the right people in. And I just completely put full trust in this person because they were an HR professional and they know more than I do. And ultimately like it massively affected our culture. And it's taken us two years to get our culture back to where it was pre COVID because I abdicated responsibility. And that's just being honest, not fully training your team on how to do it correctly. Cause you're just so quick. We see this in the gym space. I need a trainer. I don't want to do morning sessions anymore. Oh, you're, you're hired take over morning sessions. And you just think that they're going to know what to do and how to do it. And that's when you start killing your business going, Oh, look, I, I delegated away and it almost hurt my business. No, you delegated away the wrong way. That's why it's hurting your business because you didn't fully train them. We did a, so many podcasts on how to develop your team. It should be an eight to 12 week process before you fully give the reins away to a full-time coach and you can step away, but you still have to come back and inspect what you expect of that person. And then also having clear metrics of success for that person, right? Having clear metrics, meaning KPIs, having like, how do you know that they are doing a good job? And part of that would just be come in and assess their sessions. How well are they doing? You're making sure that you have a manager or a head coach assessing the quality of the sessions that they are providing. It's not just delegate and disappear which I've been very guilty of that many times because out of sight, out of mind, and you don't realize how bad it is until you start getting the cancellations, until you start getting the complaints. And then at that time, like now it might take you six months to get back to what you had before because you delegated away without training them, without inspecting what you expect and having nothing in place to know if things weren't correct or aren't right so that you can correct them before they become big massive issues. Anything you want to add to any of those, Dustin? Man, so many memories being brought up because I did the same thing, delegate and disappear. I like that because I've done that, but not, I like it as in I'm ha- proud I did it. It's It was a learning lesson and I'm just thinking through the pain that we went through because of that. Something that's helpful for me is that, you know, if this is a helpful system for everybody else, is building a 30, 60, 90 for every role in the company so basically the equivalent of Matt's 12-week playbook, but essentially just that could be overwhelming. What am I going to train them on? All you're trying to do is just say, you must be competent in this at day 30. You must be competent this at day 60. You must be competent this at day 90. And a coach, it might be, we're going to go all in on relationships. You must know 90% of the members' names by day 30. And that's all I want you focused on. Yes, you're going to learn the system, but you must, that's the measurable we're chasing on day 30. Then day 60, 
You have a very strong understanding of our boot camp system or small group training system, start to finish. And I'm going to test you on it. I'm going to verbally ask you to walk me through it. I'm going to just really t- stress test the system. And then, you know, by day 30, it's that you are sorry, by day 90, uh, you have a strong understanding of our nutrition system. And you can explain it to me very easily and clearly, and you can teach me how to do it. And so now the trainee and the trainer have very clear outcomes they're chasing. Like, got it, this month we're locking in on this thing. And so that's basically an easy way to build out a training system. So I could do this for a manager, a coach, facility director, whatever it is that you have, but just build it 30, 60, 90, and that helps you to get ready for that. And then this is also you learning to delegate and elevate because it forces you to get really clear on what is it that you do in this role and then making it a plan of action of how you're going to train somebody. And this now becomes a document that somebody else can train a new person on it because they understand the outcome that they must train them on a 30, 60, 90. Very simple tool, very easy way. Again, we get caught up in all the extras and all the steps. But if you just had to write three bullet points for every company or every role company, you, this is probably something you could do in an afternoon. It's very easy to knock out and it makes process building very quickly done. And then just a quick hack that I want to share with everybody as well around delegation is what I call or what I learned from Dan Martell is actually called the 10-80-10 rule. And so when you are building a delegation out, they, he says that you probably only need to do the first 10%. And then your team can do the big 80% and then you can put the final touches with the 10% at the end. So when we do say delegate, you don't have to jump to delegate and disappear and say, hey, you have everything now. I trained you once and you now have everything. Probably not the case. Just like a client, you got to coach up their confidence and their competence and still be involved in the delegation of the task or the department. And so essentially what you do is, hey, if I'm going to train a coach, maybe kind of like Matt does, I'm going to show up, I'm going to have a vision day, I'm going to be part of the first 10% of their training. And then I'm going to have them side by side with a coach and go through the 80%. And then I'm going to come in for the final 10% and make sure that we have all the final touches done to their training. So like you're still in the training, but the meat of it is given to a team member, right? And so that's an example of a 10-80-10. And that goes for anything. It could be you're building out your marketing campaign. It could be you're building out your new hire process. Hey, I'm going to do first round interviews and then or second round. And then I'm going to let my team do the 80 percent. Then I'm going to come back for the final interview. So those are all examples. Me and Matt are both bringing up painful stories as we did 100 percent delegation, which were really good. We could probably outline it. We could probably explain it once and say, OK, they got it. I told them once and then on to the next thing. But the better way to do it is to follow this 10-80-10 until you build up that confidence and competence in the person and they've shown you that maybe they can still take over 90% or maybe one day they can get to 100%, but hold on to that for a good long while until you see that skill set in them. Yeah, I think it depends on what area of the business that they're doing. So there's plenty of stuff where if it's in my unique zone of genius and I want to put my hands on it, I'll still delegate it away. But like Dustin said, where probably the big idea needs to come from you and the what's the outcome that we're trying to produce and the strategy behind what we're trying to do and then allow them to run with it. Cause those are things that typical employees that I have found struggle with some of that stuff, like the big picture things and the big ideas and the, how the dots connect. But once you connect those dots for them, then they're able to go in and fill it in and do an amazing job and dot the T, cross the T's, dot the I's, do all that stuff that that I think is important. 
And a good example of this, and we're going to wrap up here in just a second. A good example of this is Joel Olstein. A lot of people know who that is, but when he took over as the pastor of his mega church from his father, he really struggled because he was trying to do all the things. And then he figured out what were the things that I just need to do to grow the church. For him, growing the church means that they're going to create more followers of Christ, and that's really the outcome that they want. The more people that are in there, the more donors they have, et cetera. So what did he need to do that, to grow the mission? What did he need to do? He needed the Sunday speech was the number one thing. The problem was he was doing so many things that he didn't have time to do a good job with his Sunday speech. It was affecting the church. So he canceled everything and made sure that he had days on the calendar every single week that he just had time to write his Sunday speech, then writing books. So now he has time to write books and then media opportunities. That's how he helps his church. And that's all he does. If it's not the Sunday speech, if it's not writing books, and if it's not media opportunities, he says no. So you actually start creating filters of being able to say no. And he's been able to grow that thing into a freaking monster but it only turned into a monster when he got very clear on what were the things that he needed to do. And then he started saying no to everything else. So a few questions to ask yourself, how close are you to doing what you love hundred percent of your working time? Most of you right now, it's not even going to be like 50% and that's okay. We got progress to make. What would it look like to be at hundred percent? Imagine your life at hundred percent. What would that look like? And then why aren't you there yet? We know why you're not there yet. We haven't been intentional about delegating those things away. But mm -hmm. I think also some people think it's not possible. And it is 100% possible. And then what would it take to get to 100%? Who do you need to hire? What do you need to delegate away? What limiting beliefs do you need to get rid of? What thoughts and beliefs or what is your state around the delegation that is causing you not to do what you know you need to be able to do? So those are the big questions we want to leave you with. Now, recapping, in order for your business to go to the next level, you must start to delegate and elevate. It's not optional. It is a must. There are a few things that are musts in business. This is a must. Start with doing the things, getting rid of the things in the bottom right-hand corner and every 90 days, eliminate something off your list and then just keep repeating that until all you're doing is that top left quadrant and you have that business and you have that freedom and you have the income and you have the impact that you envisioned when you first started your fitness business. It's all possible. Me and Dustin are living examples of this. And there's tons of business owners that are living examples of this. Become a master of delegation. And that is when business gets fun again. That is when you go from that fire to being almost out to being fully oxygenated and on fire and passionate about changing and saving people's lives. And that's why we're in this business. You can do it. We're here to support you any way humanly possible. Hopefully you got value from this. If you did, please share it, share it with everybody. We want to get this message out here. We want to help more gym owners win. And that is what we're all about. So please share the show if you got value from it. Yeah. All right, guys. Hopefully you got a lot of value. Again, big message is reshuffle those three letters instead of how it's who right? Instead of how are you going to get it done in your day? Who are you going to delegate it to? Especially if it falls in those two bottom quadrants. And as Matt said, please subscribe and then share it. We'd love it if you guys screenshot it today's episode and then tag us on Instagram and tell us, hey, great episode. And that way we get feedback knowing that you guys are listening, you're loving it. 
and it fires us up to bring even more value. Shout us out on social and we'll appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here. And I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple because I wanna show you how to convert more of your leads into sales, how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident, all right? And so I'm gonna share my best sales strategies, but you gotta join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm gonna give you a free gift, and that is a PDF called Five Ways to Get More Sales in Your Gym. So join the group, I'll tag you on the PDF, and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.